David. How are you? Mate, I've got to tell you, there's just stuff to pin on the board about even what has happened to me today. <laughs> um, but, but broadly, I'm okay. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, Stephen. I, 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 mean, I mean, I do spend a bit of time, you know, when we haven't been chatting, just wondering, I hope Steve's okay. I mean, I mean, because you are always such a, a happy and engaged person. And I, sure. And, and I think, man, I hope somewhere like he's, you know, letting off a bit of steam because one of these days he's just going to go all Stepford Steve and just explode. <laughs> and <it's> just... <laughs> That's right, probably. And the, 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 the only thing that you'll find in the smoking crater that I will leave behind is an email from my mother. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, do, do, do we want to start no, with your mother or no. do we want to work up to that? I definitely think we need to hear uh, about Dave Gorkroger, uh, you know, m- manager extraordinaire, and how he's managing his downtime, because we were meant to chat last week, but all of we a sudden were. you got very busy with oh, actual real work. Well, well this is the thing, <laughs> right, Steve, the, the thing is, and, and look, I don't, want to, I don't want to sound ungrateful, because sure. it, it still is a really good job. Yes. It is a good job. But last week, as well as doing all the other, like, the, the nonsense work, I had to I had to actually do some, like, honest work, some work work, some fixing things that are broken work. Yeah. And as these things tend to do, um, it started breaking at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then it looked like it was okay, but no, we found it had broken again at 12.30 at night. Great. <laughs> so... I had a very, very long evening. Uh, and so the, the next night when we were supposed to catch up, I was barely capable of <laughs> keeping my eyes open and stringing two words together because I had had a very late night. And it is a long time since I've done that, Stephen. Oh, and because you're all super manager man, it's not like you can just send an email to someone and say, hey, guys, didn't finish until 4 a.m., uh, but things are fixed on this customer. Um, fill me in on what I miss. Yeah, they were the good old days. None of that yeah. anymore. No. Now you've got to front up. I know, but oh, look, look, it's it's good. I'm, I'm getting a rhythm, Steve. I, as yes. Some, as someone who I am... But being in the sort of job where you fix things when and everything is urgent is yeah. really, really, or has been really, really good for me because I am not the sort of person who is able to plan and schedule things out, right? <laughs> I could not be a project manager. You know, like... I. I understand what a Gantt chart is for. Yeah, the the concept is not something that 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 is is beyond my capacity. Sure, but but you, mate, I could not make one work. That is just not <laughs> something I could do. Well, um, the scary thing will be when you do, and the intervention <laughs> that will be required. Because I can tell you, you're headed down a path where it is inevitable. Uh, well, no, thankfully, thankfully, it's not right. That, that's, Says you. Uh, that's not part of what I have to do at the moment but I, d- I have had to adjust at least to going there are all these responsibilities that might not be urgent but are still important and you need to make time to do them and that has been the very difficult thing for me Stephen and I'm slowly ever so slowly getting ahead of that and yeah. you know what a Gantt chart helps with what managing all that 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> I would spend so much time managing the Gantt chart. Yes. In fact, I have even... So, like, I, I um, for a, a couple of years, have been bullet journaling. And, and I've found that a really useful way for me to record what I need to do because I'm so bad at doing stuff that isn't urgent. The bullet journal was a good way to capture what I needed to get done and, uh, you know, and, and not let things just you know disappear. But I have found, like, I've stopped doing it because I found that I was just too busy <laughs> to, to use my bullet journal. So if I tried to use a Gantt chart, I would spend so much time on my system that I would, like, that would become my new procrastination bloody thing. Ah, well, Dave, what you have just described is every PMO everywhere in the world all the time. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going down that. Not... People that have brought in systems or make things happen that their day is touching base with everyone. How are you progressing? What's going on? And then running away and updating the Gantt chart. And then facilitating a meeting or setting up the meeting to then have the meeting and then catch up with everyone to see how they're going and then fix up the Gantt chart. Again, thankfully, no, that's not the direction I'm heading in. But uh, so I'm getting there, Steve. I'm getting there. I'm glad. I'm 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 getting a groove. Yeah, I think that's good enough. Grooves are good, right? Grooves are something that I think people don't really appreciate, honestly. No, and the problem. See, the the thing is that I had a groove, and I really liked my old groove. (laughs) (laughs) And and the shift from my old groove to my new one is fairly dramatic. But that's okay. It's all it's it's all good. I used to remember what it was, but then they changed it. And now I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. But uh, it, it's all... I mean, work is the... It is just a, a constant and I'm coping with it and that's good. How about, how about you? How are you, how you travelling in... in, in just, just, let, let's just compartmentalise just, just to that section for the moment. How, how's sure. work? Well, see, that's the wrong question to ask because that's been the most interesting thing in the last fortnight. Um, I, I can't... And I get to tease and sizzle a little bit without giving too much detail because there's some very fresh stuff going on. Broadly, work is good. Excellent. Did I tell you about our Pulse survey? If you did, I've forgotten. You can't remember it? Well, I'll give you the highlights and if it starts to ring true, I can cut short and if it doesn't, I can give you more detail where it's appropriate. Okay. Um, the office, oh, and no, I'm going to have to give you some step back stuff. So the general secretary, who is like the, uh, let's, the equivalent would be CEO of, you know, church organization office. Um, their role is the general secretary, uh, two years ago, new lady came in as general secretary mm-hmm. and, um, the information categorical of battles from marathon to Waterloo. In order yes. Categorical. Yeah. Right. Very model of a modern major secretary. Right. Um, Got it. actually general would have worked better just then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her role coming in was to try and steady the ship. Cause there had been, We'd been through a few gensecs and associate gensecs and, and had some problems where was there were some inconsistencies and people changing things one way and the next person changing things another way and, and all of that sort of stuff that happens when you have you know lots of leadership changes quickly. Um, so there was some... It lacked some stabilizing and it lacked some rigidity to process. So um, she instituted uh, a, really a review, a structural review, and, and we've been through all of the synergistic words. I think I shared just how 
brain numbing I found some of the meetings and using buzzword bingo and things. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now restructured. Right. And that's good. And towards the, I'm going to say the end of last year, it could have been the start of this year, everybody internally within the office and a broad range of people outside the office, like key people that we might deal with, ministers, um, those kinds of people, as well as people in related organizations that deal with the Synod office regularly, also got sent a survey, a slightly different one, but one that allowed us to look at how our customers, air quotes, view us, and one how the leadership team could see how employees view working in the office. All sent out, all anonymous, handled by an independent third party, yada yada. The only thing they did was they sent people within teams uh, a similar link so that they could group team responses. Sure. So still anonymous, but for example, I work in a team where there's seven of us. So our seven results got put together and we got our version of the results as well as going to a briefing where the entire organization's results were laid out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, yep. So um, I, 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 I get this. We, we, we just had our internal sure. survey thingy not too dissimilar uh, last week or so. Although ours has been extended for a week because I'm guessing everyone is frustrated and no one has actually... <laughs> replied to it, <laughs> uh, which, which, which in itself is not a very, very good sign. But, yeah. No. Well, mm. if we just focus on the staff results, mm. there was, I think it was about a 70% return rate. Okay. So what what I'm led to believe and what certainly what the general secretary told us from the company that did this, that's a really good response rate. You know, lots of people engaged wanting to give us answers, you know, tell tell management what they thought. And it was all one to five stuff, you know? How do you feel about this? Or yep, yep. would you rate this place as a good place to work? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, all, all the sort of questions where they all punish the staff if they don't get the answers that they like. Well, in <laughs> what other, do you mean it's not a good place yeah. to work? Well, in other places, I would have said absolutely. <laughs> However, the story that I'm about to tell you mm-hmm. suggests that uh, the general secretary and the leadership team that she is building take that very, very seriously and are not like that which is the first place that I have found that is not like that. Um, so I hold some hope still that a church organization trying to run and function like a church yet still work and do business things, there is hope yet. <sighs> the results came back. Overwhelmingly, um, the high point of the, the survey was that the staff within the organization love working with each other, value our colleagues. We think they're all very professional and and all of that really good community relationship. We get along well. Let's get things, let's make things happen kind of stuff. That was the high point. Everything Mm -hmm. else was a low point. Yeah. Um, And because the rest of it basically went on to talk about, you know, how do you feel about working here? Do you think that you are um, trained or developed or, or made better? to be um, someone, so like, do you feel that your skills are made made more valuable to your next employer? Those kinds of questions. No, definitely not. Um, do you feel, and then there's a whole big section on, on how your executive manager, your uh, what we call the executive leadership team, how they deal with you and address you and, and those sorts mm. of things. And that was overwhelmingly not great. Um, yeah. Uh, but to the boss's credit, the general secretary's credit, she has not shied away from any of this and was upfront 
in revealing the the overall results to staff that um, she was at the time that she delivered it only a week into getting the data and still processing her grief because she she said I was surprised at the level with which you know some of the responses we got. Um, she did say that because uh, there were certain areas in the survey where we could give responses, you know, like written ad. Do you want to say anything about this question or add, you know, your thoughts and feelings? Uh, and she said the executive leadership team have seen them, and we have decided that they are not for public consumption, in oh, part because they some must of them have been reveal. Right. <laughs> oh, mate! More than anything, did I want to see that document? More than anything, um, in part because she said that they just accidentally or, or intentionally reveal some of the authors yep. in, in the, the kinds of comments that were made. Um, however, yes, read between the lines, there would have been some brutal stuff. Um, and when you offer an anonymous survey, I think you've got to be prepared for that. So they got it. Um, anyway, the big hook was, of course, uh, a net perceptor score. So, you know, when you ring Telstra oh, or someone yeah. oh, and they say, how do you rate yeah. us, 1 to 10, and oh, those oh. sorts of things. We had to do training on net promoter mm. score nonsense a few years ago, and we are still beaten over the head with it. So you know time. what it's all about, right? I, I, I do, and I know about how organisations then have to develop protocols as to when it's appropriate or inappropriate to not let someone have a survey. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, of course, everyone's being gold on the number of dis, like dissatisfied customers. Mm. So all of a sudden, the most important thing in the world is to not get a not get a desat. Yes. And, and how do you do that? Well, you don't survey people who are upset with you. That's right. Only get the good ones. <laughs> So when I tell you some of the numbers, it, this will give you some good bearing okay. on it. Yep. Dave, what's a good um, NPS score? Uh, I think a good NPS score is something up, up around like 60 to 80 are pretty good NPS scores. Uh, yeah, broadly. And certainly from, from the, the feedback that our um, general secretary gave us from the company mm. for a first time out, Yep. A good NPS sits somewhere circa 30 to 40. Okay. Because that means that you're not just getting people sycophantically telling you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. You are telling, you are getting the bulk of the organization saying, this is what we think and this is how sure. we feel. Yep, yep. Um, however, it's not in the toilet, but it's there's room to grow. You know, mm-hmm. you want it to be improving. You, and, you, the, and this you've, is... You've got, you've got detractors in there, yes. Yeah, which you would expect in any organization. If, it's, if it swings too hard one way... In, in a positive sense, mm. you're not getting the truth. Right. If it swings too hard negatively... <laughs> which, is, which is what happens in a place where you're going to have a minimum of 65 as your net promoter score. <laughs> so they were, they were aiming for about... They, they felt, the ELT, ahead of getting the results, that 25 on an NPS would be great. Because it was first time out, they knew that not everyone would be happy and, and the restructuring had upset people because people had been made redundant or left because of it. Uh, and because we have, on average, people who have worked in the organisation, they're either been less than two years or they've been here anywhere between eight to 15 years. Yep. So there's yep. some pretty sizable gaps in culture and knowledge and those sorts of things as far as how long people have been around and stuff. Um, the overall NPS score from the survey was minus nine. Oh, my God. Oh, it gets better. But yes, that wasn't great. Um, so that's in part, you know, she was, our general secretary is very upset, you know, in, in working through that, but not upset at us. 
no, no, upset no. that this was where we felt mm. things were. So lots of work to do, right? Jeez, um, yes. And as an outcome from that, uh, the, the General Secretary offered, we would like those who are interested from a staff perspective to engage in a working group to you know, process the information and come up with ways of how we can improve some of these things. What can we do better? And nothing is off the table. Um, obviously, they want people to be rational and engaged and interested and not going to come back and say free school lunches or anything. But um, people that are you know, willing to talk and engage with their, their colleagues as much as work through some of the stuff together to come up with some ideas. And they don't expect immediate answers. They expect that this working group would hang around together for about a year to 18 months, Mm -hmm. ready for when the next one starts, the next survey. So lots to do. I stuck my hand straight up. I want to be in on that. Um, In no small part, because I wanted to see the statements, but we're not getting to see the statements. (laughs) That's that's a shame. I'll I'll say that straight up. I'm disappointed that that's happening. Um, So like I said, each team got, you know, the data was able to be broken down into teams. And uh, the team that I work in got our data. Oh, right. And uh, our NPS score. Dave, what do you think our NPS score was? Now, mm, given your whole organisation was minus nine, (laughs) I don't know. And I do know that there have been some... Tensions with your Challenges? manager. Yes. Zero. Minus 90. Oh. Nine, zero. So basically... Ten means... times worse than the office. <laughs> How many people are in my team? No. Six. Six people. I'm trying to do the maths on that. That basically means... like. That basically means, like, someone gave the team a five and basically everyone else gave it, like, a one. Like, well, here's the interesting thing. What we got to see was that we saw the numbered results and the standard deviations. And I can tell you, we were all pretty close. Like, (laughs) I think think that there was only maybe two or three individual questions where it was more than one standard deviation out. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Wow is an understatement. So, each each EL team member obviously got to see all of the data and their own team's data. Right. So, that started an interesting conversation because then the General Secretary was using this data as a part of, right, well, how can we work with each of the members of the ELT because they all report to her. How can we... What do we need to address? How can we make things better? Where are the opportunities for learning or how can we engage and, and develop to have better managers that work then with our organization to make it better. It seems like a pretty rational way to move forward. Yeah. Even the ones that get minus 90. (laughs) Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised given that your group was minus 90, that anyone from your group was welcome to join like the the focus group. things. like, (laughs) you know, I know that we said we want everyone's opinion, but it might just be that these people... I just a little bit, a little bit too disengaged to be able to contribute in the manner that we hope. Well, th- this is in part some of the thing, right? So the GenSec, well, first of all, we as a team processed the data together um, and we found out in that what our NPS score was. It, it might, 
there was only five or six of us at the table. No, five of us because a couple were away. So yeah, six of us and the and our manager. There was five of us at that meeting, and the silence oh, when that man. number came out was <laughs> amazing. And, and even t- it took the point of someone going, "That's bad, isn't it?" <laughs> um, and then uh, someone far more intuitive looked at our boss and went. That's bad for you, isn't it? You wouldn't have been happy with this, would you? And he said, no, I have been talking about this with the general secretary, his boss, and, you know, working out how we can improve or where the areas are. (laughs) I think at minus 90, the areas to improve are everywhere. Um, (laughs) It's, oh, look, it's, I feel really bad sort of laughing at the insanity of this because it it does, it is weird. Um, Well, hang on, if it makes you feel any better... In last year's survey for my team, yes, uh, we didn't get any results. Oh, that's not good. No, because in our team, so few people actually responded oh, to the survey no. that they could not get a statistical sample, sample Gosh. out of the three or so of us who did and just went like... The three of us who did, we, we know we all ranted. Yeah, yeah, went <laughs> like, nuts, like, right? Uh, but the rest of the team were just like, I'm just so beyond caring, I'm not even going to participate. Yeah, so, so we, disconnected. So we had a very big black mark against our team. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I know where you're coming from. Right, so, um, yeah, that wasn't great. And And look, on top of things... I think as we've discussed, tension and difficulties that even just I've experienced mm. with my boss uh, certainly coloured my my views because when they ask questions about do you do you feel that your leader supports you, I'm not like and I'm looking at it and I did um and ah and go do I just tell them what they th- I think they want to hear or do I tell them the truth, um, and I think they caught me in a moment of pure weakness and I just went I'm going to give you not vindictively. But the absolute unadulterated truth in all of this laid it out. Um, and I then it made me reflect, actually. I really wish that I'd got sent a copy of my responses. That That isn't an option. Um, because I don't think anything I said identified who I was. However, our general secretary is a very perceptive woman. <laughs> and I am sure that even without me doing that, she probably went, that's Malk, that's someone else, that's someone else. I can tell who that is. She probably yeah. could have picked most of the office from the responses, I'm sure. Um, but beside the point. Um, so he expressed his dismay, not at us, but that that was the situation. And he acknowledged that he had a lot of work to do and was working with his business coach and with... Um, with uh, Heather, uh, sorry, with the general secretary to to identify and you know try and address the issues and put in place strategies to deal with all the things, all, all the good, nice words you want to hear, right? And you know, sort of immediately following that, he kind of started to be a little warmer to each of us in our in our meetings and things, and um, for a short while that lasted, and then it kind of seemed to kick back or, or drop back to same old, same old problems and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and was it last week or the week before? The week before last, I had my, yeah, no, it was two weeks ago. I had my regular fortnightly meeting with him one-on-one and uh, it started like this. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. How you doing? Yeah, you're great. 
So you've had the Pulse survey for a while now. What do you think? <laughs> and God's honest truth, Dave, I hadn't thought about it since that meeting. Like we'd had the meeting and, and we'd discussed our responses and then we'd had another team sort of conversation again. But that was it. And that felt like six to eight weeks ago that we yeah. did that. Yeah. Uh, and I went, oh, well, you know, I guess, you know, these, I, I acknowledged the, the stuff that I could remember and that I, I could see where he might be feeling vulnerable or frustrated with some of the scores because that affected, you know, directly affected him and, and his performance and those sorts of things. It was like, yeah, no, it, it is, it is something. Why, why do you think, why do you think some of those scores were like that? <laughs> And I went, oh man, are you wow. opening this door or oh, am, am I just, boy. am I going to walk through this or what? And again, I, he must've caught me in a moment of just brutal truth because I went, well, um, yeah, uh, there are a few things that I think you could improve even just in our relationship, acknowledging that we're both working, working on how to work with each other or getting to understand how to work with each other are the better. That's an acknowledged thing with us already. Um, you know, you could not treat me like a 16-year-old uh, and treat me like the professional that I am. Oh, what do you mean? And I was able to give him an example from two days before that where he had treated me like a 16-year-old. Oh, wow. Um, and just disregarded me and not actually, you know, heard what I said. And then when I sort of did some follow-up slash due diligence on the claim that he was coming at me with, I went, actually, it's not like that. This is the truth or this is the stuff that I'm seeing. Uh, and he went, oh, well, I'm not really worried about the detail. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, no. But you were just hitting me up about the detail, oh, you skank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then, so he's going, mm, nodding, mm, yeah, I understand, yep. So rather than let things drag on, I need to be sort of more involved in it before it gets out of hand. No, that's not at all what I'm saying is the issue here. Oh, boy. You, you really haven't oh, heard what is going no, on here. No. So, so yeah, came out of that frustrated with a little bit of hope, but pleased that we were able to air. You know, it was almost like Festivus. There were able to be some grievances aired, but there wasn't. You know, the the yeah, battles was, of strength. There was clearly, clearly, no feats of strength though. Because, no. Oh. no, I would have laid him down if there were feats of strength. Let me tell you that he's a tall, wiry dude, but I got a oh, I got a hundred kilos on him. And, and, and you know what the frustrating thing is though, if he's come out saying. Oh, the thing of it. Oh, like I just need to intervene and be involved um, uh, a, a little bit more often. Um, you, you know that he's going back to his boss, going, "Oh, this is what everyone wants." So they just want me to be a bit more involved, and, and that's what, that's what he's going to be asked yep. to be gold on, rather yep. than actually giving you guys some autonomy. Yep, that's you. Very, very right. Um, so that happened, and that was the thing, and and. Then, oh, towards the end of it, he said, so the, the general secretary will be meeting with everyone to talk about the results. Now, I will admit, I am not the smartest tool in the shed. And I thought he meant that the general secretary would be meeting with every employee in the synod office. Right. So my response was, everyone? And he went, no, just our team. And <laughs> then, and then Ooh, I went, boy. Oh, so she's coming to have a meeting with us. And he went, no, she's having a one-on-one -on -one with each of you. Boy, so I feel I felt bad in retrospect on that because I went, like it wasn't I was trying to bleed it out of him and make it hurt because yeah. I'm sure it did, but it was just me not getting what he was talking about. I hate that. which typifies our relationship. To be frank, <laughs> I, I I do I, I'm the worst at that. Like 
I keep asking questions that I think, like when I completely miss the point on something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially, especially in a work scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, because quite often, yeah, like I, I am still new to the role, despite having you know been here for way, way too long. And and I and especially when I'm getting into like um, some of the management meetings, like I don't attend them week in week out because yes. I um I I, I quite often. Uh, I have other court, like other jobs to do, like you know, hands-on stuff and whatnot. And so every time I get into these these management meetings, and um, some like some piece of truth is laid down, <laughs> yes. it's always me that's going, "Oh, really? But isn't this like this?" And then there doesn't that be a and, thing? And then there are these uncomfortable silences, and, oh. and 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 whoever's running the meeting will be like, "Oh, yeah, but blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Ah." Oh, Sure, but doesn't that contradict this other thing that we're trying to achieve? <laughs> and I'm, I am genuinely like, I am yep. not being a smartass. I am asking these questions because I find myself yep. genuinely confused. And oh, I feel you, brother. So and, hard. and we just keep moving to these Gosh. points where eventually this person who's well and truly seen you from me just goes, "We'll just have to take this offline." <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then what happens is after the meeting... You work it out. No, 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 no. After the meeting, I'll have all these other people from other teams like like sending me like um, instant messages just going... Nice one, Dave. They're going, I'm so glad someone brought that up. I'm just like, well, why didn't anyone else bring it up? Why, why is it always me? So Dave like, gets to be the fall guy and everyone else is shutting up going, we don't understand yeah, that either, but Dave it, asked the question. It was, exactly. It, like, I swear, they must love it. Like, and one of the other people from another team... All together, who doesn't have? You know, they have their own challenges. It's not the same sort of challenges sure. that my my team has, but like my team's one of about five who all face very very similar issues, and and I and I was told it's like oh it's so great when you you know, chime in because none of the other teams ever complain about this stuff and I'm just like well why don't they like uh. oh it astonishes me but yeah I am always that that Patsy just going but why but why until yeah. finally yeah. And I, and I'm always like petrified that 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 whoever's running the meeting just thinks that I am just the biggest smartass. That because, Dave guy, yeah, he's the worst. Every time I show up in a meeting, it seems to happen. Uh, oh god, and and this and and it's get, it gets worse because I'm being thrown into more and more different meetings with people. Oh, of course. And, 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 and of course now, <laughs> at, at least at the start. There were there were people mainly within my own sort of silo, and so people who I knew at some level, and we'd sort of cross paths before. Yeah. So even if we hadn't worked closely, there was a, a little bit of shared history, and we knew each other by reputation. But now that I'm being shoved into other people's silos, they've just got no idea who I am. So I'm this, just this guy who comes in and asks the inappropriate and horrible questions all the time, and then Gosh. just yeah, and then just flounces off again. You just need to come in and at the start of the meeting say, I'm going to be the guy that's going to ask why a lot and won't understand what's happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jeepers. <sighs> I feel so, that. So, you, so you've so you got a, a one-on-one with the big boss. Oh, mate. So not only did I feel bad coming out of that meeting thinking he must think I'm a complete jerk pushing him through all of that, <laughs> having to explain that, no, the boss was meeting with everybody one-on-one in just his team. To discuss yeah. the survey where we got minus 90 as an overall score. Um, but then he probably thinks that's just my MO. Anyway. Um, so then last week happened and it was, it was full on brutal. 
mate. Like just a couple of things happened, both of them involving my boss. Mm. And yeah. like Monday to Tuesday, I worked till like 10 o'clock at night because I had meetings at the office. So I was out late. I have these two things happen with my boss on two separate days, two separate things, which to his absolute credit, he handled very well. I still felt like it was the Grand Inquisition in the process. Um, but, you know, it was a thing. Got sorted out. I think it's basically okay. Um, I Well, I say that not knowing what sort of notes he's taken, and that's critical to the next part of the story. Oh, God. <laughs> because then on Wednesday... There's more. <laughs> Wednesday? Th- Thursday, I have my... Um, one-on-one with the GenSec. Right. And uh, our, our GenSec is a minister. Mm-hmm. So she's a minister of religion. In her former life, a lawyer. Um, so... So you can't swear or tell lies. <laughs> oh, no, you probably swear with the best of them. Um, but more, more to the point, it's that they're everything... You know when you meet those managers, Dave, that everything that they do has a reason and they are intentional... And they say exactly the right words in the situation so that everything is either covered or above board or is clearly communicated, like way better than me. I'm, I'm a, I like to think I'm a great boss, uh, but I'm not, I'm not a patch on our GenSec. I think because of her legal background um, and the fact that of, of who she is and how she works, like I sat down and she said, right, I want you to know that the conversation we are about to have is just between you and me. None of this will get back to your boss. Uh, As far as identifiable information, it is to help me understand the situation of what's happening in your team. Um, So to that end, it is anonymous. uh, And I want you to be as full and frank with me as you feel you can be. Um, She was very direct about making it clear that she wanted to hear everything and that Nothing of this would be held against us. Just wanted to understand where we're at. And we're, like most of the people I work with are empaths. They're people who are like, oh, you know, we don't want to hang him out to dry. You know, this sort of was a thing and we've been doing this and blah, blah, blah. Um, to give you an example, one of my workmates in her conversation with the Gen Sec, oh, we, basically she said, we found ways to work with each other and make things work and encourage each other around him. And the, the general secretary said to her, yeah, that's excellent that that happened for you, but that's really unhealthy in a team environment and it shows that the leader isn't doing their job. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to, to, to get away from that one, isn't it? It's just like, well, she was right yeah. on it, mate. Like, and, and I was second last, I think, in the, in the group that she spoke with. Uh, I told her, like, everything I told her, I know she hadn't heard in that it was our conversation, mm-hmm. but I wasn't telling her anything new. Right, yeah. She did take six pages uh, of A5 notes in just yeah. our conversation. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, a lawyer through and through. She just did the things. Um, it, it, in part, my reflection, it was incredible to watch. She, All of the good nodding and eye contact and writing and listening and asking questions, developing stuff. What do you mean by that? Or how did that... Uh, what was the scenario in that? Just really, really good. It was an object lesson in, in that kind of thing. Um, and when we got to the end of it, and I had shared reasonably bluntly, you know, sort of caveating that I didn't... I'm not saying that I don't like the guy, 
I'm just this. This has been my experience with him as my manager. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she again reiterated that she found our time very valuable, and that you know, none of this would be shared beyond our conversation. That, that it was in her confidence. Uh, that she valued me and valued us as a team and felt that our team is, of all the teams in the office, the one that should be leading the office and dragging the rest of the office along behind it, just given the nature of what we do. Yeah, because you're the outreachy people. and Strategic the... mission, right? Yep, That's yep. our gig. Yep. Um, and in, even just in here, now, Dave, I'm, I'm a, a, a blubbery mess at the best of times, particularly since I started going through menopause. Um, but there was just something about hearing that stuff come out of her mouth that in my response, I could just feel myself start to get choked up. And, and in talking to the same person that, that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, they said, Oh, when I finished speaking to her, it was like a weight lifted off my chest. And I went, yeah, that was it. It was the weirdest thing. Even though I felt like I'd spent 40 minutes dobbing the way that she uh, the general secretary affirmed and listened to us and acknowledged the stuff that we had gone through and been connected to and found difficult uh, wasn't minimised and wasn't uh, devalued. It was it was the most amazing experience of a boss I think I've ever had um, in a in a professional work environment. Um, wow, that's huge. Yeah, phenomenal. So good. Do you have a new boss yet? <laughs> It's funny that you say that, Dave. <laughs> um, oh, boy. But just to, to top off last Thursday, yeah. a friend of mine who works for another church, mm-hmm. uh, I get a text from a guy I work with and said, hey, you might want to reach out to such and such. Um, they just had a massive round of layoffs today, uh, of redundancies. And I give him a ring and say, hey, man, how you doing? And, and he, he was sharing that pretty tough, like he's there. He's been in the job there for 14 months, I think, maybe a bit longer. And the the leadership team there just decided that budget budgets were too tight and they had to lay off a whole bunch of staff. And he was the leader of the youth area in a similar kind of statewide role mm-hmm. to me. And he had four staff working with him and now he was a team of one. Mm. He had to sit in all of their redundancy meetings that day. Yeah. That's, mate, brutal truth. Um, and a lot of, uh, understandably, unhappy people and they're now facing all sorts of weird cultural stuff because of how the executive leadership handled that. Mm. You know, that it was kind of a real big knee-jerk. Oh, by the way, guys, we've just worked out the budget's bad. We've got to let a whole bunch of you go. <clears throat> you know, in, in the second week of June. Yeah. WFRs. <sighs> Workforce reduction. It's a, a, a handy tool in, in our organisation. Oh, yeah. Over the years. It's, uh, yeah, oh, nasty. So I decided that Friday last week um, I was going to work from home. Uh, I had some stuff to do. That seems like a pretty fair option after oh. a very taxing and emotional week. One of the guys that I share the office with, he was had he been in the office on Friday, I would have made the effort to be there. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was, I think, offside in a meeting all day, uh, and I just went, "Yep, yeah, don't, don't, I can't sit in that office by myself." having had this week and particularly that conversation yesterday yep. and not process it with him. Um, Cause he's a, like, he's really good, a good listener. And, and again, asks the right questions. We're peers, but he's just, you know, one of those nice guys that you find. He's a nice guy. Um, so because he wasn't there, I'll work from home. And I think I got to about one or two o'clock and went, Oh, 
mental health break and I didn't go back to anything. Um, Monday was a day off. Today's Tuesday, isn't it? Yep, this is where we get to. So I'd had my fortnightly meeting that was scheduled for tomorrow. Was Monday a day off? Oh, I'm still working through my time in lieu from term one. Oh, God. (laughs) You ready for the punchline? I did the math on that today. Yep. So I have two more Mondays off, I think. Yep. Yep. And that uses up the agreed allotment of what I was going to use this term. Um, And I already have 19 days time in lieu built up. (laughs) Already. Oh, boy. On top of the 15 that I used out of term one. So it left me with five left over. And I've added 14. You're a busy boy, Mark. How good busy... is my life? You, you... Oh. And the best Boy. part is, I've got a calendar. I can show here are all of the things that I would, that this was the stuff. Blah blah blah. Like it's yeah. it's all totally above board. Well, you my know, boss like, has just, said yes to the things. This is the the challenge of working for an organisation that likes to do thing, things on Sundays. And and when you work in it and you're not in a in a role like all of the other ministers are, mm. which treats that whole thing differently. Yep. Yep. So I'm I'm a nine to five worker in a role that is ultimately a ministry role, uh, what we call a placement, uh, and placement roles deal with days off and those sorts of things one hundred percent differently to nine to five people, because yeah, Sunday's a work day, so you deal with it differently. Um, anyway, uh, coming to work, my my fortnightly meeting was due tomorrow, but because my boss had a big meeting tomorrow. Uh, that he was going to be off-site at all day, and I assume still is. Um, he moved our meeting to 8.30 this morning. It's, I mean, I don't... I find our meetings, our one-on-ones, difficult to start with because I never know which boss I'm going to get. Um, but we had the meeting, and it was reasonably good, and he did have some, I'll say, unreasonable expectations of stuff he wanted me to achieve in the next fortnight, even though he's going to be away for the next two weeks on planned leave that he had an application in for six weeks ago plus. Right. Because um, his wife uh, works in a school environment and so the second week falls into the first week of our school holidays up here and they're going away overseas. Excellent. Awesome for them. Um, so I've got stuff to do. I always had stuff to do, but, oh, you really need to this, this, this. And I'm like, but I don't have enough footage of that. You know, I've got to do a whole bunch of video stuff. Anyway, I'll get across all of that. I'll work it out. So this was my morning. Meeting with him. Go back into the office. Do some work. And and here, I even have the timeline in my head still, Dave. At about 10 o'clock, I stopped working on my computer and was talking to a workmate about all of this issue, which has consumed mm-hmm. all of us for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Understandably. We both decided... It was so cold at about 10.30 that oh, we go and get a coffee. Oh, so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Mark. you'd like that. Fuck off, Mulk. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know that our winter is today and tomorrow. <laughs> or what, did it get down to 17? No, it actually got down to single digits in Brisbane. <gasps> like low single digits. Oh. Minus five in Kingaroy, I think. Uh, Oaky got cold, minus five there as well. So cold. Mm. Cold mm. enough. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. That's like... all right. I said that on Monday morning to my radio spot with the guys in Albury, <laughs> and um, they just were so dirty down the phone to me. <laughs> Except that they at least had the, the the understanding that, well, yeah, you're in Queensland, and that is cold for Queensland. Oh, Thank no, you. No, no. I'm yes, sorry. it is. No, get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got nothing. Yeah, speaking of the cold, 
uh, add that to the list. It's not cold in my house anymore, Steve. Oh, good. I look forward to hearing about that. Mm. I will remind you that I do ride a motorcycle to work. <laughs> and because I am the world's second largest man, uh, I can't get like the warm gear that other people can get to wear to work. Like to wear on your bike. Yep. Um, so I'm in jeans. And uh, that, it gets... are they at least like dragons or something like that with no, some Kevlar pads? Can't in get them, them to... that big. Oh no! So it's uh, it gets chilly in that old denim, and uh, I had to ride to church on Sunday morning because I was leading worship then, and I rode to work. And I've got to tell you, today I felt nothing below my waist for the first four hours. Uh, it was cold. <laughs> um, so ten thirty, we got a coffee, and then I stopped to talk to someone else, and I think I got back to the office. Uh, at about 11 or 10 past 11 and I walk in to speak to the boss's EA and another girl who works part-time shares the office with her um, and they went why do you think the general secretary is coming to our meeting today we had a team meeting planned at one o'clock and I went what do you mean I said haven't you checked your email I said and then they went on for 10 minutes giving me a hard time about how I never checked my email and stuff whatever um, turns out yeah, the meeting had been cancelled and then rescheduled and that as this co-worker and I were going over to get a coffee in the, the next building, um, our boss comes down the stairs past us. I was like, oh, hey. And just, oh, how you doing? And he's sort of out, out the door reasonably quickly. Not that he would hang around and talk to us in the stairwell, but just it seemed fairly brisk. Anyway, I've come back and uh, I hear from the EA, you know, the, the boss has um, cancelled all the meetings for the day and he's gone home. That's weird. Hang on. So the general secretary is coming to talk to us after uh, right. clearly she's had a conversation with our boss who has cancelled all of his meetings for the day and gone home. Mm. Oh, this is not going to be a great meeting. Um, and when she sat down, she said, I know you have a whole bunch of stuff on your agenda. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hijack it. And went on to explain the, the, the conversation that she'd had with him and all of those sorts of things. And... Uh, that he was now facing a reasonably difficult decision because to, to quote her, and I don't think this is exposing confidences, the, these were the words that were used. Um, she no longer, uh, he no longer held her confidence in leading the team. Yep, that's pretty... Uh... <laughs> Direct? <laughs> that only goes in one direction, really, doesn't it? It, it, it? I mean, it's very direct legal words, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd had a conversation and, and, you know, he had gone home to, to work out what he wanted to do uh, with the, the two options that they agreed were, from her perspective, the options. Um, acknowledging that he has a role as the Associate General Secretary within the office that is maintained. He, like, he still has that job. Managing us is not... How do I put this? Managing us is a part of it, but not a core part of it, if that makes any sense. It does. Like, the, the role that he has is very reasonably legalistic and has a whole bunch of, like, butt-kicking responsibilities, right? He's in charge of ministerial discipline. And, it, you know... It, it, in my work... Placements. It, 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 and look, and in your former world, Stephen, it's like when the finance guy's in charge of IT, not because yes. he knows anything about IT, but because he had to like, sign a lot of checks to get that stuff through the door. Yeah. So it must be something that finance has to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I get I get that. So he's got to consider his what he wants to do, you know, whether it's hang around and do this or hang around and do this other thing. 
And, of course, the unspoken one in all of this is to whether he wants to hang around. At all. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's a, a, in church speak, it's a placement, not a job, um, that if, if he decided that, you know, yeah, he didn't want to stay in the placement, then he has to go out or go, falls into, you know, the whole placements process to find a congregation to go and be a minister at. Because he's a minister. Right. Um, and then they have to find a new gen, associate gen sec, if that's what happens. Um. It doesn't have You've to be. You've had a dramatic week, Stephen. Oh, Mark. mate. So, and, and this, again, more huge kudos to the General Secretary. Delivers to us fairly directly what was said. Laid out the conversation that she'd had with, with our boss. Uh, and explained that from her position, it, it was untenable. You know, that the way that it was progressing and how it had been, given all of the evidence to, to the contrary, and that overwhelmingly everybody said basically the same thing in their one-on-ones to her. Right. <laughs> well, so there you go. So much for... Um, <laughs> so, so much for the, well, we just want to tread Maybe softly. it's an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's... Maybe no. they were feeling bad. No, no. no we, ev- like in one-on-ones, for everybody to tell her the same thing yep. in their various experiences is... Uh, wow. Uh, but then her concern was obviously for all of us. How are you guys? You know, do you want me to hang around? I'm happy to be here. I've got a thing at two o'clock, um, which I know some of you have to be at. I was one of them. Um, however, I can be here till then, or I can just hang with you, or I can go away and let you guys talk about it, or whatever you need. Um, this was after she had talked basically for nearly 20 minutes and then opened it for questions. Um, and there was there was a lot of feels at the table, Dave. A lot of feels. Um... We, you know, we had a conversation, uh, we shared a prayer, uh, General Secretary left us, we continued the conversation for the rest of the half hour. Um, and it was interesting, right, because in, in my opinion, to have this process handled so well, at least from our perspective, uh, I'm sure that our boss is feeling reasonably brutal in the process, uh, you know, bruised in the process. Uh, there was lots of feelings of, of hurt and guilt, you know, that, that a lot of us felt like we had not hung him out to dry, but that, you know, in no small part, we were a cause of this pain for him. Um, and that was a pretty interesting thing to process as a group together. Uh, and I'm sure, and we've acknowledged that there will be more, we can have a weekly catch up as a group for the next couple of weeks, just to see how everyone's doing, just to know what's going on. Uh, because the outcome for us is that he is not our manager anymore. Um, if he chooses to hang around, there is an opportunity for him, if he chooses to, to go through, as, as uh, the General Secretary put it, a deep restorative process that it would be inappropriate for him to be your manager if that was the path that we went down. However, the end result would be that that might be the case. He might become the manager again. Um, or that he accepts it, dusts himself off, and continues in the role as it is, and someone else becomes our manager. Um, so right now we're in interim manager stage where one of the team, the guy that I was talking about that I share an office with, he's effectively going to pseudo-handle that. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, see, this... <laughs> oh, no, but he, he will not become the manager, hands well, down. No, even no, if they give is, it to him, he won't this, want it. This is the thing. This is the guy who... 
I empathise with that guy. Yeah, That's yeah. the guy in the team who, who's who, who, who's going to find himself in trouble because he's going to get be the guy who just like keeps things just ticking along. So when the yeah, new yeah. manager shows up, they're going to go, "Oh, you're great at that." You know how I know that, Steve? <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Well, this is the thing, right? He's in a position where, given that our boss, this was his last week before he goes on two weeks of leave. Um, this this other guy in in our team was working up for the next fortnight, being him. And he said, all I thought was that I'd have a couple of extra meetings. Mm. And he said, now I've got more than a couple of extra meetings. Bloody oath. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. So we don't even know if uh, our boss will be at work tomorrow, even though at work tomorrow is not at work. He's off at another site, but at a meeting all day. Um, but we don't know if he's going to be at that uh, we don't know if he'll be back in the rest of the week. So in my conversation, even this morning with someone, I said, look, with him, our boss, staring down two weeks off, uh, given the nature of the conversation I had with the General Secretary, and I'm sure others did, so this is before the meeting after lunch, the General Secretary will have to act this week because there's two weeks off and then she's at the big National Assembly meeting that I happen to also be at, uh, the the second week of July in Melbourne, uh, and he was back being her. He was working up being her that mm-hmm. week. So, at best, it would be the 13th, 14th, 15th, 17th or 18th of July before anything could happen if it didn't happen this week. And it happened this week, Dave. <laughs> so, he might not have made a decision. He might just... You know, go on with it this week and choose to discuss it with his uh, his wife over the next couple of weeks while they're on holidays. He may have made a decision tonight. He may not come in for the rest of the week. He might start his holidays early. Like, that's rightly so. His decision now. Boy, oh boy. His office is like a weird tomb at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Mate. You, you know what? You, you've had a bigger week than me. <laughs> Mate. So that's like fresh today. Yeah. So how am I doing? I'm okay. Well, that's good. I don't know who my boss is yet. Um, <laughs> oh, and to boot, just as an aside, we have a new minister joining the team in a new role, independent. In fact, when that person uh, interviewed for the role, no sign of him not being our boss... And now the general secretary went, um, and I'm going to have to call this person who's joining the team, who right now is having a holiday herself before she joins us. Uh, The general secretary, I'm going to have to ring her on a holiday and fill her in on all this because now the entire landscape she thought she was walking into is not how it is. Oh, imagine that. (laughs) How would you be saying yes to a a role that is reasonably, you know, responsible and got all sorts of stuff, answers to somebody on the executive leadership team, and you think, oh, I think I can work with them, blah, 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 to then get a ring from their boss and say, "Um, things have changed somewhat in the (laughs) team you're about to step into. A lot. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. Damn. Yeah. Oh. Dave, I've talked for a long time about a pretty amazing little thing that had <laughs> happened just today. <laughs> Gosh. What's happening for you? Why is the house not cold? Well, that, that, that's all my big news. We've got air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a reverse cycle by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah, inducted all through the house. Oh, that is the best. Well, well it is, but check this out. I, I, I've told you before about how much I hate paying for electricity rates. Yes. Yeah, bills so, like those things, they suck. I hate them. Did I, I tell you about my $900 power bill? Well, hang oh, gosh, on. we have to talk about that hang sometime. On. Put well, it on well, the list. No, don't think you're special, Tiger, because... <laughs> One of the fancy little things on the control panel for our, um, our new air conditioner yes. is that it gives you uh, an energy usage Great. graph. Great. So at present, our new air conditioner uses more electricity per day than the rest of the house combined. <laughs> Oh wow! So that's amazing. So judicious use of the air conditioning system, then. Well, no, because I actually had the people from the air conditioning joint here yesterday finishing some stuff off, um, and and they were sort of saying, well, it actually uses its most juice um, when it's like trying to you know come up to come up to temp. Yeah. So um, so the idea so is leave it on, get it up there, and let let it go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so now that we're doing that, I hope that might actually reduce the consumption a little bit. But it, wow. it's funny because, like, on our power bill, it would give you the little graph saying, uh, for a house of this many people, you should yes. be using this much Same per day. Yeah, and, like, yeah. we were, like, nowhere near that. And we were, Same. And literally just going, I wonder how you could do that. Now I know, Stephen. Oh, Dave. Now I know. <laughs> Well, we, we got, that's, we'll quickly, just a quick aside. So we, I, I went through all sorts of fights with the power company after this. Um, so much so that they've now put a smart meter on our house, um, which I look forward to interrogating the data, should it ever happen again. Um, but we, we were normally ticking in at about, with the discounts and all of those sorts of things, 350 to $400 a quarter mm-hmm. on power. 900 and something with the discount Ooh. for the first quarter of this year. And I just rang up the, the power company and said, that's impossible. And they said, what do you mean that's impossible? We read the media. That's what it said. I said, I know you read the media. That is physically not possible. Like we were away for a week and a half. We barely used the air conditioning in our house in that time. Oh, have you changed other appliances? No. Uh, I said, I walked outside and in the last week I've done the calculation our average kilowatt hour usage per day is consistent with every other power bill that we've had before this for the last 10 years. There is no possible way we could have used, like we're normally around the sort of 18 to 21 kilowatt hours a day. Mm-hmm. And this bill, I think, put us at 41 or 42. Oh. And I went, there is, it is not possible that we could have done this. Even if I turned every appliance in our house on all day, 24 hours a day, there's no way we could have hit this. Oh, but we read the we read the meter. The meter does its job. Oh, massive arguments with them. Blah blah blah. I managed to convince them to give us a three hundred dollar discount um, after I'd paid the bill. So we ended up only paying six hundred bucks, and that was with some pretty heated exchanges with about three layers of, of customer service people in the in uh, the power organisation. Um, I'll be very unhappy if it is up again. I expect it entirely to be down. Even since the new meter has come in, it is 100% consistent with us doing 18 to 21 kilowatt hours a day. See, we used to be on about 11 to 12 a day. People with solar tell me that they do that unless, and I just look at well, them and go, I don't know how that's possible. Oh, no, no, ours is just that I, I'm a miser and like turn off things at 
I, I just turn everything <laughs> off, Stephen. I do, I've told you, I used to turn, like, I can't reach the power switch to the microwave anymore, but I used to switch the microwave nice. off. Nice. Because, you know, that clock uses power, Steve. Sure does. I mean, I, we have three fish tanks that run 24-7, so, you know. Um, there's, there's enough stuff. My computer's on 24-7 at least two or three days a week. Um, so I can get how we... I'm comfortable with 18 to 21 kilowatt hours. I know I could make it better. Don't come at me, green people. Um, I know I know we can improve, but I'm comfortable where that's at, and we budget for that. $900 I did not budget for. And we're trying to work very hard to a strict budget this year, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was disgusting and disturbing. Um, but the one thing I do know about ducted air conditioning, A, I, I, well, two things. Uh, it's a, awesome. I, <laughs> and I wish you broke. <laughs> I wish that we had got ducted put in when we built the house. We did mm-hmm. R with it. And we went, oh, it's just another 10 grand we can't afford. We should have done it. Um, just found a way to find the money. Uh, and B, you're right. It works best once the house is up to temperature because maintaining it uses less power than trying to get it up to temperature mm. or down to temperature. Yeah. And of course, there's all sorts of you know insulation things and other stuff that layers in on that. Of course. But wow, Dave, is it great? Oh, Steve. Steve. You know what the really funny thing is? Because like, all, all we had before was we had this one gas furnace out in the family room. Yes. So it would fa- the family room would be, would be warm. Um, the dining room, which is attached to that, would be okay. The kitchen nearby, if you'd been cooking recently, would be warm. <laughs> yes. But the hallway and the bedrooms down the other end of the house would just all be freezing all the time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, and like we, ha- we had um, just like electric panel heaters in our um, bedrooms and stuff like that as a way of trying to overcome that. Uh, but like every morning you'd wake up and, and you would, like even with the curtains closed, you'd yep. have an idea of you know, what sort of day it was outside because it would be cold in our bedroom. Now we wake up and we go, oh, it's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. And then you go out to our laundry, which obviously isn't yes. part of the ducting system. Feet stick to the tiles. And it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. We have just become, I mean, we've had it for like, Three weeks, Steve, and we have already become just completely disconnected <laughs> from our environment. Just Dressing badly for the day because you're just t-shirt and shorts and go. Yep. Oh. Just, just completely. No, it, it, it is. It is so funny. We are so bad about it. It, it, it just cracks me up. But how great is it? Oh, Steve, it is so. <laughs> it is so good. So good, isn't it? It is so good. Oh, Stephen. And, and he, see, here's the funny thing. Like we, we just had like a, a um, an old evaporative cooler yes. that we put in when Rach was pregnant. So that's wow. 15 years ago. Yeah, um, We put that in because yeah, she was going to be pregnant through summer and we thought that would be very, very uncomfortable without some cooling. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so um, that's all we've had. And obviously on humid days, it doesn't really work. And on super, super, super hot days, it just can't take, yeah, can't the, edge, keep up. Can't take, take the edge off enough. But that said, you know, for the most part, it has been more than adequate. And and it really, it wasn't the cooling that sort of pushed us towards going, oh, we need an air conditioner. It's the bloody heating <laughs> because it's so cold here. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the one thing that we enjoy about our split systems is that particularly downstairs, the, the head unit there, we will use the reverse, like the heating portion of it particularly in the mornings and sometimes in the evenings, just to take the edge off. Um, but our, our house is reasonably thermal 
thermally neutral. It does pretty good. Um, but if it doesn't get the sun on it, doesn't heat up the concrete, you know, it's still a bit chilly on the inside. Um, so that helps cover things a little bit. Certainly on really hot days, having the aircon in the house, you just notice the difference straight away. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, but we're also really conscious of not leaning on it too heavily because of power bills. Um, but yeah, how great is reverse cycle? Just so great. Yep. So, but anyway, but that wasn't what I wanted to talk about sure. with you, Steve. I actually had something I really, really wanted to talk to you about. Hit me. So, in New South Wales recently, yes, um, they've started up a, a container deposit scheme. It's about to start in Queensland. Okay, so like South Australia's had them forever. Um, yep, I'm planning and- to Kramer it up and just make pay my way to Disneyland. <laughs> well, so yeah, so here's the thing. This is this this, this is like the the, the I'm a bit fascinated about this now, because when they put the first uh, like deposit thing, and mate, what they have for the container deposit depots is, I mean, I haven't seen one built. Like one just appeared, um, like about a block and a half away from our house while we were away on holidays. Yes, and like we get back and the things there, right? And and what it is, like it just looks like like it's it's bigger than an Atco hut. Yes, like, like it's almost like two Atco huts stacked together, um, and then at the front of it, it's got you know, these four consoles, and on each console, you can have someone there putting containers in, bottles in, and and yep. you know, because it's just a per unit thing. It's not weight; it's just no, numbers. That's it. Every yep, exactly. And mate, we I, I, with like I could count on the on my hands the number of times in the last five weeks that we have driven past that thing and there has not been someone there. At all? all, Exactly. There is always someone. There is always someone there putting stuff in. And not only is there always someone someone there, they almost always have boxes and boxes and boxes or or like, you know, bloody... um, Wool packs full of stuff, wow, unloading that's a it lot like of stuff. It is like it is so much stuff. Like the, out at um, Corowa, which is a little town about sixty k's out of Albury, yes. they don't they didn't have one of these machines because uh, like it's a town of like five thousand people, and so the people running the program was four thousand like, oh, of them are related to each other. Well, yeah, let's not go there. But <laughs> they figured that they wouldn't need one of these machines because the population was too small. Yeah. So instead, they got like a local a local business that does like um, uh, like metalwork uh, to be the drop off point. Sure. That place had to put on something like two extra staff. And, and and like a couple of part timers to just keep to up. deal with the volume. But yes, because people in Albury were going. Oh, it takes too long to put my massive bale of bloody cans in the machine. Oh, I'm going to drive it out serious? to Corowa. Yes. Now, they're only getting <laughs> $0.10 cents a can. So to make it worth the fuel to drive to Corowa. That's a buttload of cans. It's a lot of cans, Steve. It's a lot of cans. Um, like we filled up our tank the other day. It was 70 bucks. So it, by my math, that's 700 cans. So, so here's the thing, though, right? I will be completely blunt. The idea of collecting cans and taking them down to this place that is like, like, like I said, it's 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 two blocks 
Yep. Two blocks from my house, Steve. You can walk it. It's in Rupert. Don't 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 be creepy, people. Don't be creepy. <laughs> it's two blocks away from my house. Oh, just, I'm worried about my opsec, Steve. Uh, <laughs> um, but I could. I mate, <laughs> It seems a bit silly to say you couldn't pay me to take my bottles there because that's clearly what they're trying to do. <laughs> and I yes. and I'm just not interested, Steve. Now, yeah. and, now and now look, part of it is. It's not like I'm going like like I'm not a, a massive beer drinker anymore. So it's not mm-hmm. like um, there's you know a couple of slabs a week of empties to to take down there or stuff stuff like sure. that. Sure, right? Yeah, um, it would be an active. I'm going to walk around and collect stuff. Yeah, and I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I mean, I might. I've, I've, Let the kids do it. Yeah, or someone else's kids. I don't know, but <laughs> someone else's kids. But there are always people there, Steve. And it, it really just occurred to me the other day that, like, like okay, so let, let's say, you know, a slab, a slab of beer, right? Yes. Like, you're getting $2.40 back for that. Yep. Right? Barely covers the fuel to the bottle to get the next, the next well, slab. Well, if, you, if you're going to, like, you know, a, a fancy bakery, that's not even half a loaf of bread. Yep. And it sort of struck me... Uh, and these things often do take time to strike me, Steve, because I am a privileged white man who has a full-time job yep. and and a house. And so has a lot of questions in work meetings. I, yeah, it's a lot of questions. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do... It, it does take me a time to 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 figure this stuff out, but I, it, it started to, to dawn on me that if people are making the effort... To instead of just chucking this stuff in their recycling bin, which is right there in there, like at the front of their own house, you know, all, all you have to do with your recycling bin is push it to the curb once a fortnight, yep. you know, and they take it away for you. How great is that? It's the oh, it's, it's amazing. But people aren't doing that. They're instead they are hoarding these empty bottles, which means oh. they have to find somewhere in their house to, to keep these them. empty bottles, yep. right? And then they had to go to the effort there and put them in these machines one at a time, one after another, after another, yep. after another. And mate, there are four. Like I said, there are four consoles on this thing. Sometimes there are literally four people there, like like four four groups of people at the consoles, and other people lined up waiting. Jeepers! So it's not just the time to to collect them, not just the space to hoard them, not even just the time to pump them through the machine, but the time to wait for someone else to do it. Yep. To get, like, I mean, think about it. What, what's a lot? A lot of bottles. A lot of bottles, in my estimation, would be you know, more than a hundred, si- surely. Well, but even so, that's ten bucks. Yeah, I know. It's not much, is it? Your effort for return isn't great. No, and and at this point, you're probably going, "Well done, Dave. You've you've passed, you know, fifth grade math." <laughs> But but that's not the revelation, Steve. The revelation <laughs> isn't that this is bad value for for your time. The revelation is that people, if people are doing it, they must feel that that ten bucks or whatever yes is important enough to do it. But that's surely just an incentive. I mean, isn't the important part that we're recycling and stopping these things from going into landfill? I guess so. But how, but. How much? How how much of this stuff though is would would have ended up in landfill, or tossed aside somewhere? And how much of it would have just ended up in someone's recycling bin at their own house anyway? Like you, you're creating an incentive to not put it in your 
recycling. In your recycling. But that overall reduces there. the cost of recycling to the, the shire or well, the city not, council. Mate, as, maybe, as, a, maybe, as someone but, who just had a furore up here in Queensland where the Ipswich City Council said that they well, were no longer going to collect... Um, <laughs> Uh, recycle, oh, sorry, treat recycling as separate. They were just going to collect it in the one bin and put it in landfill. Ugh. Uh, and the, the the huge roar that went up because their complaint was, their rationale for doing it was it's too expensive. But here's the thing though, Steve. Someone did the math. It was like 10 cents a rate payer a day. It wasn't heap. Ugh. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more interested in the individuals though about who, who are feeling driven to do this, right? Like... Like, even if you were, say, like a small sporting club or something like that, and sure. collecting all, even there, it, it's still only going to be something that's going to make you like... You know, Pocket change, right? Not even petty yeah. cash for the till for so the I, I the don't, I don't Friday, think that Saturday. that's where it's all coming from. I think it is mainly coming from individuals, and it is people who are deciding that it is worth making a pretty big effort for maybe 20 bucks. And that... Frightens the hell out of me, Steve. Because if twenty, I mean, and again, this, this is my own sure. you know, blindness caused by privilege. Because of course there are there are a lot of people out there for whom twenty bucks is a big deal. Yep. But when you see this procession of people constantly at this machine, um, that. That's frightening me because all of a sudden I'm, I'm I'm now really worried about how precarious things are for these people. How like how and and, and like the the cross section of the people who you see there is your entire community, mate. You see, like they're, people they're, are pulling up in their clapped out Commodores as much as they're pulling up in their their BMW X fives, brand new Utes, and all sorts yep. of stuff like that. You know, you know, new dual cabs with all bits and pieces hanging off them. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it makes me worry. It makes me th- wonder how close to the edge some of these people, some of these families are, and how little might it take to push them into a, a situation where they really, really, um, like things start to fall apart. So, that, so the container deposit scheme mm-hmm. has, has gone from something that I, that. It, it, it's gone from just a curiosity and a, gee, there's always a lot of people there to something that has genuinely sort of struck home how many people in my community might be on the edge. That's a fair... I, it, it's a fair thing, Dave. I'd not, I'd not contemplated it from that angle. However, I completely appreciate um, that situation. And I, I think I shudder to want to dive into that too much. Because I might not like what I uncover. You know what I mean? Like, at, at, the, at the simplest layer I see it as it's a great recycling scheme that might give some kids some extra pocket money and make the place look a little bit tidier because the cans and bottles aren't lying around. However, I think in what you're suggesting probably is a bit closer to the actual truth and that is some people are seeing it as a way to, you know, and add to the grocery bill, you know, the grocery money each week. Hmm. Um effort fuel cost aside um, you know it's 20 bucks that they didn't have before all through a little bit of effort of raiding some bins and picking up things and collecting their bottles and cans uh, that they can then roll back into their household and that if it stopped or it wasn't a thing 
It means that some people are sailing close to the wind. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, it's not so much of if this, if I get the container deposit thing went away, but it, like, again, and I, I, I'm completely acknowledging my own privilege here. Um, but yeah, like, if if you if you need to be going down to you know, put as, as many, oh god, yeah. But if you need to be putting as many bottles as you can into the machine, yeah. How do you cope if the Reserve Bank ever raises interest rates? Now look at the. I know at the yeah. moment that doesn't seem likely, but but one of these days it might happen. And yes. for a lot of these families, then what? Mate, I just locked down our interest rates for twelve months. I want it to happen, <laughs> but then drop back down just before our twelve months expires. <laughs> Uh, oh, so so there you go, Steve. So so I would be fascinated, fascinated yeah. to sort of hear, like, because I know the the reason that they built the um, the container deposit depot yes. around the corner from my place was not a reflection on me or my to make it habits. convenient for the gorecrotches. No, that's not why it was. You um, pack rats. But part of the reason was because the one that they had. Out at um, out at Lavington near mm-hmm. one of the su- near the supermarket out there um, was literally oh, like getting to the point where it was full. Like I think it was like almost every day it wow. was full. Now wow. when I heard about that, and again it's it's nowhere near where I live. I hadn't actually I hadn't even seen the thing. I didn't I didn't sure. even know what they, these things looked like until uh, you know there was one almost on my front step. Um, but like that was out in. Uh, area of the town where there's a lower socioeconomic status and like it, it like didn't seem as surprising or shocking to me that people might be a lot more engaged in doing this as a way to find um, some extra cash yeah um, but when you plonk it down um, here and I, and, I, and I actually get to see the people who are there. It's you, and that's right, because you work from home, so you get to monitor yep. it well, I, like I, a creepy old man. Yeah, well, well, I, I have to drive past it every day for work to go to the local um, courier depot to pick stuff up. Yeah. So I, I do, like, I literally drive past there a couple of times every day, sometimes more often, and it doesn't matter if I'm there first thing in the morning, middle of the afternoon, even, like, even in the evenings. Like, we'll go, like, we walk our dog near there, and you walk past there, and there'll be, you know, cars lined up. Yeah, just, just ready to drop this stuff off, and yeah, it's it it it's really really weird. Um, again, I am still just chucking my stuff in the recycling bin, but <laughs> mate, those people would have conniptions if they knew. <laughs> well, some some friends of ours, someone that close to the thing is just tossing. That's free money they're giving away. <laughs> some friend, some friends of ours, uh, kids actually were. Um, uh, collecting cans and bits and pieces, and uh, and one of them got horrified at me because I, I crushed a can because you can't crush the cans. Steve. Of course, they weren't not, counted properly. Well, well yeah, well, it's not like that's a, remember like back in the old days you, you had know, to crush them. You had to crush them. Well, no, now no, don't crush them. You've got to pull them in a hole. So um, she, when, when she saw me crush this can, she was horrified. She's like, oh, "You can't put that in the machine now, you know." So um, I gave her ten cents to you know <laughs> get over the grief. <laughs> yeah. Look at you and your privilege. Um, maybe, Dave. I mean, I, maybe people are actually bad at math and think that they're they're pulling off a Kramer-esque scam by you know 
tr- trucking in all of the bottles and cans and stuff that they can find from all around the joint. Uh, they like that they've got multiple supplies, if you will. Maybe. And they're just Maybe. turning up and going, look at that crisp twenty four dollars ninety we just earned. Oh, it's, yeah, it's. Let's go have half a can of meal. <laughs> Mate, this is all. You can still get a steak for seven dollars somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really, how, what is what's steak of what? <laughs> Mind you, you have to pay extra for the sauce. <laughs> oh God! Just charge me ten bucks, Aubrey. Come on. <laughs> and the chips. Give me chips and steak and sauce for ten bucks. Yeah, actually, oh, yeah, you might have to go out to Lavington to get that now. Actually, <laughs> no, I think that, I think. Oh, mate, you know, gastro yeah. pubs haven't taken over in in the the, the Twin Cities. Ah, uh, look, there's a few places that would sort of, you know, would like to call themselves. Actually, we're we're pretty spoiled to be honest for food down here. We don't. Um, Oh, you know, well, we do have a couple of sort of fine dining places, but we've got a lot of stuff that's pretty casual, but where the food's really, really good. Mm. So, you know, and, and good variety, like, you know, um, a couple of Thai places. Actually, then we had a Nepalese place, but that that uh, closed down a little while ago, so that was a bit disappointing. Um, but, it, you know, like, like we have multiples of most different styles of food and that sort of thing so you're um you're not doing too badly not a lot of Mate, niche Nepalese stuff. is a pretty good you know sort of notch on the bed well it, yeah, it, it was a nice little niche and I think that came largely from um some of the refugee community who live in town um if you're not eating authentic dead mountain climber then <laughs> you're not eating Nepalese <laughs> Uh, I don't think that was on the menu. Is that not how it works? <laughs> no. I thought that's how they clean up the mountain. <laughs> no, they just wait. They just leave them there. It's too hard to get them down. How brutal is that? How brutal is that? Hmm. Crazy man. Anyway, so there you go. That, that that that's the thing that pricked my social conscious conscience this week, Steve. I mean, you know, apart from you know the 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 terror of. You know, children being snatched from their parents and oh, um, yes. young women being murdered and um, oh. our federal government continuing to torture asylum seekers. And, you know, like, like, that's just the usual stuff. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. that's just background noise now, Steve. Distract but, us with claims of you know, the young a- or young Liberal Party wanting to sell off the ABC. But, uh, you know, no, but the thing that really struck me this week, Stephen, was container deposits. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it oh. might not surprise you that this week I haven't had too much of a thought outside my own head. No, I can imagine that, um, that you would have been fairly, fairly, yeah, keen on that. It's, <laughs> oh, it's just been amazing. Yeah, the container deposit scheme, I'm looking forward to the details of how it gets released up here. I, I think they're only giving us, like, South Australian, five cents a, a, a bottle or a can. Uh, aren't they ten cents these days? Well, well? I, it could be. I don't know. Um, mate, this is how much there, I'm not paying attention. There'll be, a, there'll be a lot of arbitrage on the Gold Coast if New South if, if Tweedheads has got ten cents a bottle. <laughs> and cool and get a dozen. Oh boy! <laughs> you watch. You watch the trailers roll across the, <laughs> the state border. Oh my goodness! Well, they'll they'll have to you know do an equalisation just like uh, the uh, the servos in yes. um, in Tweed and Tannerfield used to get a tax break yep. to stop people from going over the border. <laughs> Yeah, gosh. Oh boy. Yeah, but uh, anyway, container deposit schemes. Look at the things we talk about. 
How amazing are we? I mean, and we haven't. I mean, and that, that's before you even get to stuff like poo joggers. <laughs> I know. Can I just go on the record? Oh, can I just go on the record as please. someone who, who does go for a run? I have never pooed while out on a run, nor have I seen someone doing it. Gosh. And, and I'm cert- and while I have heard horror stories of people having accidents, yep. I've never heard of anyone apart from you know the now notorious dude yeah. from doing it like thirty times in the one spot. But and also, I've never heard of people doing it intentionally or vindictively like he did. I've heard of people where you know it's, it's the call so of nature; it's, it's a thing, and, and rather than you know run with full pants, it's just got to be a thing. That is so weird. It is very weird. And 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 look, maybe it plays to his privilege. Maybe it plays to his specific, you know, whatever got him going or whatever. But this was a guy with like a pretty reasonably well-paid job and and good opportunity and all sorts of stuff at the same place. <laughs> like, well, it's and it's, to be it's, caught so easily because he did it at the same time. It's the transgression that makes it exciting, Stephen. <laughs> but that he was that he was able to be caught. Like the, the people in the block of flats said, Maybe. we just worked out that it was happening at about this time and it took us two weeks of taking turns of getting up and being out there at the right time and when we got him. Imagine having to have that conversation in your body corporate meeting. It's like, right, well, we're going to put together a roster of people to stand outside for the camera at like six in the morning. Someone is pooing on our footpath <laughs> and it's not a dog. It's human poo. Oh, boy. Yeah, the conversation that gets it to the body corporate meeting, right? Imagine <laughs> that one. Someone has to bring it up. <laughs> Imagine the door knocking just going, Hi, we haven't got you on the roster yet. Yeah. Oh, oh, you haven't heard? Oh, well, we're getting up really early to take photos of someone taking a crap. Hi, I, we're George and Joe from Flat 6. I just wanted to know, have you noticed that someone's pooing on the footpath? And I don't mean a dog, but a human. Oh, boy. Oh. The investigation skills that someone came had to make the, the determination that it wasn't dog, but it was human. Who's the... Yeah. Uh, apart from the presence of, I assume, toilet paper. You, 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 look, you, you know what? Realistically, I reckon the AFP should be recruiting every single person who lives in, in that um, that block of units. Yep. Because, mate, if they can find a poo jogger in a matter of weeks, imagine how quickly they could find... Um, oh, my goodness. Who, ...who tipped off the media from Macaulay Cash's office. Oh, how is... Mate, <laughs> you've just combined two of my favourite things at the moment. Um, they Macaulay, should also... Macaulay Cash and Poo. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should also hire the poo jogger, to be frank, uh, because someone that has the wherewithal and has such regularity to be able to be at the same place at the same time every morning to drop a couple... And then get on with your run. I mean, th- there is a superpower in that. Um, but yeah, Michaeli Cash. That uh, God bless Alice Workman and her fine you know, the people of Buzzfeed Politics here in Australia. Um, she's maintaining the rage against that woman, it's where great, most other political journalists would have just gone, "Whatevs, y'all." But she is totally hanging on on her over the fact that the minister is shying away from answering questions, that the AFP aren't coming out and saying whether or not she's being questioned. All of this about the um, the AFP raids on Labor Party, on uh, union stuff, trying to tie and stick stuff onto Bill Shorten. Now, this is... 
for all of her deflection that keeps being about, oh, the real issue is about Bill Shorten doing deals and blah, 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 blah. Look, it may well have been to start with, Miss Cash. It has gotten way past this. Like, way past this. Someone in your office tipped off the media, and when that came to light, they vanished from your office. You have professed not to know them or who they are or what they do. Yet there's a federal investigation from the AFP taking place, which means that none of it can be talked about, and with no results showing or indication as to when the investigation will cease, and it's been more than a year now. Holy crap. Who's hiding what? Who's trying to bury what? Well, it, it's a good, you know, it, it's a, a good distraction from the um, report into the death of the young man on the work oh, of the doll site in yes. Queensland that she won't re- reveal either. So, you know, I mean... Yeah, that's right. It's, it's under investigation. Oh, sorry, oh, this seems to be turning into a different podcast. <laughs> Something shonky. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, uh, oh, boy is right, man. Like... I just, everything that I hear coming out of Canberra at the moment, it doesn't even matter which side it's on. It's just making me go, oh. Everything. The only, only highlight that has come out of Canberra in the last week, Dave, and it is not a highlight, but the only highlight is news that the last remaining One Nation Party member in the lower house, other than Pauline Hanson, has left the party and just today or yesterday joined, uh, what was it, Australia United. Clive Palmer's party. The phoenix that rise from Palmer United. Holy shit. What is going on? Those those two parties are a distraction. That is what Michaelia Cash should be pointing at while she runs away behind a whiteboard in the other direction. <gasps> like, what is going on there? How can, They can't last through the next election. They can't last. Oh, mate. No one can take One Nation seriously again. They will go through the same thing that happened last time because everyone went, that's right, you're a colossal joke and we don't know how we voted for you in the first place. If only it was that simple. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, yep, yep. And then now we've got the two major parties moaning and bitching at each other across the aisle about who's doing what and tax breaks for people and where you know the 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 government understandably saying well we're only going to put you know this is our budget and you've got to vote for it and it's got to be a thing but the numbers are so tight the labor party are going no we'll vote for with you on phase one if you break it up but not phase two or three which doesn't come in for six years anyway like why don't you hold it off for that no no the whole thing has to be voted in now jesus christ get over yourselves <laughs> You're funny when you're ranty, Steve. Oh. You should start a, po- a politics podcast. I hear that they can be very popular. No, I shouldn't. For, at least for a while. No, yeah, that's it for a while. People would tune into the first episode and go, oh, this is just like that other boring podcast he has with that guy in Albury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's almost my bedtime, Stephen Mock. Dave, I'm sure that we've bored each other senseless. No, no I, I, I... Mate, I haven't even started talking about... Our daughter's not a little girl anymore, Stephen, and let me tell oh, you... Oh, Dave. Let me tell you, uh, all of those sort of cliches about teenage girls in houses... Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, you know how there's that thing about how sometimes cliches have like a, you know, like a nugget of truth right at the, the yep, core, the core of, them? of them? Yep, the core of them. Oh, boy. Oh, baby. We'll save that for next time. Oh, yeah, let's. 
I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Dave. I love you, Steve. I love Take you care too. of work tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that, uh, yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye, mate.